Hey, what's going on, everybody? It is episode number 184 of the Audible Farm podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Couchtown Coffee. Couchtown Coffee is roasted right here in Iowa. I drink it every morning. It's my favorite coffee. I know you hear me say that every single week, but it's the truth. I drink it every single morning. You guys should check it out. Go to CouchtownCoffee.com. Find a coffee you like, make an order, and when you do, let them know Audible Farm sent you, and they'll give you 20% off. Why? Because Couchtown Coffee is that awesome. Thanks, Couchtown. This week, I'm sitting down with Misha. Misha has been on the podcast before under a different name. Misha uh, actually recorded the Three Finger Betty EP that you guys all know and love. And if you have no clue what I'm talking about, uh, go check it out online. I'm, I'm in a band called Three Finger Betty. We recorded an EP with Misha, and it was absolutely amazing. I guarantee you, you'll be blown away by the recording quality on the record. Uh, the mastering, everything is just amazing about the whole entire thing. And we wouldn't have been able to get that done without Misha's help. So thank you very much to Misha for that. This week, I'm sitting down with Misha, and we are talking about what has changed since the last time Misha's been on the podcast. We talk about... Uh, the recording quality that's changed. Uh, there's a new rack at Speed of Sound. Misha's working elsewhere, uh, outside sources, working at other studios, booking places, running live sound at other places. Misha, if there's one person in the music scene that might be busier than I am, it might be Misha. Cause, I mean, Misha's even in other bands. So, without further ado, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I had a great time sitting down talking with Misha. It is episode number 184 with Misha from Speed of Sound and about a dozen other things. We talk about it in the episode. Enjoy. It's the Audible Farm Podcast. With your host, Peter Stockdale. So, I'm sitting down today with Misha, uh... I've actually had you on the podcast one other time, and there, you've there's been a couple people that have been on the podcast with different names that have like actually had their names changed from the first time they were on to the next time. So you were on before. Go go hunt it down. Um, but Misha, I've <laughs> I've run across you multiple times in the music scene. I first knew you as a sound person, and then when Three Finger Betty d- decided to record an EP, they were like, "We're gonna go over to Speed of Sound and do it." When at the time that was something you were kind of still launching off the ground and it ended up being such a perfect storm because we recorded an album in what appeared to be, if somebody walked in and they were like, you're recording an album down here, it appeared to be adverse conditions, but you knew what you were doing and it ended up being such a fantastic sounding album. Thank you. Uh, That was a blast. Dude, yeah, yeah, seriously. I, if somebody listened to that and was like, compare the audio quality of what's coming out of your speakers now to like this photo of where we recorded it, like you know, because I mean it was just a basement. I mean everyone's got a basement, mm-hmm. but it was still just like uh, I, it's like okay, we're just in a basement. It sounds that good. Like that's that blew me away, honestly. It sounds super basementy too, but yeah, I still have it up on my wall, up up on my. You can't see it here, but up up here, I keep old albums that I worked on that people have graced me with copies of and so i have the betty one next to some danny wolf and seth clo and the silver liners and of course the first album i ever did pajamas in public by the sleepover oh yeah yeah that one actually ended up being really really good too uh i mean i was happy with that one i'm 
I think that's something that may be undersold in some aspects of music. I know that like we're in a DIY community and everyone wants to do things themselves. Like, yeah, I'm mm-hmm. doing all this sound and stuff for my podcast, whatever, but I'm not going to like record a band and I mean, I would maybe record like an acoustic guitar and a singer. Like that's not too hard to mix. Like, yeah, sure. You no. know, but once you start mixing in like, oh yeah, mix you know, somebody that has seven toms and nine cymbals and two <laughs> kick drums, you know, in with, you know, quad tracked guitar, or, you know, you start throwing that stuff in there. It's like, right. it's just like, nah, I'm good. Like, I think I'm good. Uh, so Spe- I don't know how people, Clint Wheelman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know how people um, do all this recording stuff and you're, and you're one of those people that's out there actually doing it at a high level. I'm trying to, I'm, <laughs> I'm genuinely trying to get there. I know there's, there's a lot of incredible people doing just God tier work that I listen to and I'm like, how the fuck did you do this? Yeah. How much did you charge for this? No shit. Oh fuck. I got to step up my, my game then. Yeah, but I, I'm I'm very happy to be able to do what I am doing. So, yeah, I mean, I I like seeing your posts online because every now and then you'll just be like, I just needed like one random cable to do this to that, and I had to like go hunt one down and find it, and boom, you found one or whatever. You know, or like you were trying to mm-hmm. utilize some old uh, physical media uh, on, in a digital platform that's like yeah. long since been extinct. Is it a zip, was that a zip drive or was it a three and a half inch? That was actually a floppy drive. I actually had someone call me and say, hey, I have a bunch of old songs on floppy disks that I need someone to recover. Can can you do this? And I'm like, so I go on Amazon. I'm like, is there such thing as a USB to floppy drive? I'm like, oh, there is. How much is it? It's 20 bucks. Yeah, it'll be $200. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so straight profit hey but yeah i'm actually doing that this saturday and i'm also excited about it because now that i have a floppy drive if someone happens to bring in old discs with like old keyboard samples might be able to pull them off of it too so that'd be cool that would be pretty sweet to pull some old like just audio samples off of those things because you never know what might be on some of those older ones oh yeah no absolutely there's just no really knowing but I also am curious how how long it's going to take to recover eleven songs off of floppy disks. Like, how many disks is that per song? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I do not know. I oh, do not geez. know. Uh, that's the other thing. Is like, there's a lot of dedication that had to have been put into that. Like back in the day, no wonder oh if somebody wanted to keep it. Yeah, no doubt. Plus, like, I mean, you know, first if if that's the only copy of your music that you have then of course you're going to want to keep that. And when you get to a point in time where that media is no longer usable on modern computers, you want someone to be able to get it off of there. So yeah. like, yeah, I'm happy to do that. Why, why not? Speaking of ancient media, that's not really actually that popular anymore. CDs. <laughs> yes. <Let's, laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, 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 I still have a stack of blank CDs and I thought, I'm going to have these till the day I die. I swear to God. And then someone came in um, recently, a local artist, and he did just a six-hour session. I think did like eight or nine songs. He tracked it out, makes it down. He's like, hey, can I get this on a CD? Sure. So I tossed it. I, I had to dig out my old CD drive. And I was like, oh, I found it. I still have a CD burner from like, two, <laughs> from like 2010, from 2010. And I was like, oh my God, I still have this thing. This thing is, this thing is 
this thing is this thing is older than some of the kids I see at shows. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh, what the heck? oh man, yeah, and I mean that's something else that I think a lot of other people might not think about is like. Yeah, anybody can buy a USB interface and plug it in and plug a microphone in and record some stuff. But like, also, like, what happens when you want to do some of that funky stuff like that? Like, you got to you got to be tech savvy in order to get it done. So it takes someone like you. And I mean, there's there. I pretty much get curious and just try things. So it's like, let's see if we can tackle some MIDI mm-hmm. triggering and stuff with like different MIDI stuff, you know. And it's like I've done like things like that. And it's like, okay, I kind of understand a little bit of that, you know. But I, I try to do things with like a cost-effective manner where I don't really, because I don't really have the disposable funds to just, you know, invest in a giant rack unit. But I like to just try different things out. But like, Me neither. <laughs> but like, how did you get started on like your recording journey i guess like what was what was the first thing that you were just like i'm gonna do this was it just the necessity of to record things yourself remotely and send them to other people or was it just trying to help out the community by being that guy that records or i was in college and i was trying to write some music and i i i have a bad memory so like if i come up with a riff if i don't record it somehow it's gone Oh yeah. So I borrowed this little M box <laughs> and a fifty-eight from a classmate, basically, took it in, in 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 my dorm room and I stuck it on my amp and I just recorded out some guitar I- ideas and I was like, okay, cool. And then as time went on, I was like, okay, I can use this method to put down my own I- ideas and stuff. And then I got um I got a slightly nicer to me at the time mike and and, and i was like yeah road nt1 this thing is awesome <laughs> and uh and so i used that to record a couple of um a- acoustic things and then i was like i i'm actually a little better at the recording than i am at the songwriting so let's see what we do here and then i uh met this duo um down in fairfield i think it was or keo or something um, years ago now, and I recorded a single for them and it did well, got on the radio. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to make a business out of this and start doing this now. And so, uh, yeah, the rest is kind of history, just a lot of doing it and then taking every dime I make plus the rest of my paycheck and just dumping it into more gear. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's another tough one to get on is the, the gear uh acquisition syndrome yeah i mean and when you get into the recording side trying to do it more semi-professionally you know i mean i have an isolation booth i got some nice mics um you know i have i have mics that are in the thousand dollar type of like range um and i have a rack of hardware here and like, okay, I can get a good vocal sound, but now I need more mics to be able to get a better acoustic sound. I need my, you know, I need a, equipment to get a better drum sound and this and that. It's like, it just gets more and more expensive as you, as you step up the standard of your quality of your work, all of a sudden the price tag goes up <laughs> through the roof and you're like, oh, Oh, it used to be like, I'd be, I'd buy something. that's a couple hundred. Now I buy something that's a couple grand. I'm like, oh my God holy shit, this is insane. Yeah. So. Oh God. I couldn't even imagine. Cause I mean like mm. I, I have it's expensive. 
Yeah, I mean, let's just talk like the simplest thing everyone understands, like an interface. Like if you want to plug a microphone into a computer, your computer doesn't have a hole that fits the microphone cable, so you need something in between it. That's basically what this is. So, yep. So yep. That, um, so you need one which, of those. <laughs> which you can get super basic ones. Like uh, you, you can get a Scarlet Solos like 130. Yeah. If all you need is like one mic and some headphones, you can do that. Yep. But when you get into more, okay, I need actual analog preamps, analog compressors, all of a sudden, you know, even just buying the warm audio and black line clones of things, I'm looking at almost four grand in, in this rack here. Mm-hmm. With with the 18920, it is the four grand marker. And then, you know, and, and then I realized, oh, now I have to get into the super technical aspect of the new generation of the Focusrite stuff you can't bypass the onboard preamps. So if you're using outboard hardware going into it, all of a sudden it's only going to sound as good as what it's going into. So it's like, oh, well, now I need to buy like a Motu and that's $1,500 and this and that. And I'm like, okay, and what about a four-channel analog preamp? That's also another $1,500. I'm like, oh, my God, this shit's expensive as hell. Summing mixer, two to four grand. I'm like, oh, my God, Why? Why? <laughs> and oh, the cost man. they don't tell you about is the cabling. Oh, uh, you, dude. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> You've already hit home. Um, so, so I just literally just have uh, an interface. I, I use one for the podcast, and I was like, maybe I'll get a big one in case I want to do more people on the podcast, and mm-hmm. I can isolate everyone's audio, whatever. So I get a bigger one. I get the rack mount one, uh, 18i20, just like everyone else gets, mm-hmm. you know. And... Uh, it's not like you need a whole bunch of cabling to do a whole lot of stuff anyways, but it's just kind of like, man, if I want, if I actually want to plug enough microphones into this thing to fill it up, I need eight microphone cables and that's not cheap, like, like right there, you know? And then if I want to use the outputs in the back for anything, yeah. it's like, okay, so you need a zillion more cables. The first time I realized yeah, rack, like, like anything with a rack, like I have a rack guitar unit that I, I used for a while and it's like, oh yeah, once the preamp goes into the EQ, into the... I mean, you just start, it's like, oh, holy cow, yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of cables in the back here. Yeah, like, like, like something that people don't tend to think about is something as simple as eight SM58s plus eight XLR cables, that's $1,000 right there. That's literally like $1,000. Yeah. And it's like, it, it adds up so, and, 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 and that's just bare bones, like, baseline, like, you know, you get into nicer mics, all of a sudden that price doubles, triples, quadruples. All right, well, let me ask you this. Is, is this blasphemy to ask you this, but like, uh, have you found inexpensive mics that work pretty good? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Now, yeah. when I say inexpensive, I mean they are still in the several hundreds range, but for their sound, they sound like more expensive mics. Uh, Warm Audio makes some amazing mics. I have... A $600 mic that sounds like it could be a $3,000 mic. Um, in the cheaper yet, um, I know SE makes some okay mics. They make a ribbon mic, the X1R. I think it's like a $200 mic. I actually use it on amps. Sounds great. Um, I've used some cheaper Audio Technica things here and there. I still have my Rode NT1. Uh, th- those are like two, two fifty in that type of a ballpark. Um, I think, and I don't know. I've had that for years now. I just use it as a room mic if I ever need, but otherwise like, I don't know. I'm, 
the like I, I would picture this Aston Stealth as an as a inexpensive microphone. This is these are three seventy nine, I think. Not not terrible, but I also, you know, I would picture it as this has four voicing modes for different app applications and onboard preamp, so you don't have to, you know, you don't have to buy a cloud lifter to put into it or anything and stuff. And so I'm like, yeah, that's that's inexpensive mic. It's it, it it's great. But I also know other people would probably, you know, may be more of the mindset of, well, I think under hundred is inexpensive. So it, it just depends on who you ask, I guess. Yeah, I mean that's true. Mm-hmm. I mean, like we have to also take into the fact that you're doing this, like we said earlier. Like you say, semi-professional level, but um, I mean, like what what you have compared to what I'm working with and when I record things is is pretty pretty night and day different <laughs> you know like i mean when i've recorded stuff for people it's right. just like i've got uh you know some sm57s some sm58s <laughs> and uh let's see what we can get out of this you know because <laughs> it's it's all i got but what's the uh what's the cheapest mic you own i'm using it right now it's how a, much was it uh it was 17 dollars when i bought it brand new nice it's a it's a that's amazing it's a behringer like sm58 knockoff that's incredible uh in 2012 i bought this mic it is a not it's not a sure this is a um what is this seismic audio is what it is okay and it was like 30 bucks (laughs) and i I bought it because i was in college and i was on our traveling i was in like a traveling meet music group sounds like some hippie shit but basically and i just needed a mic to toss on 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 a amp when i played a gig and you know because like some of the places we we went to they didn't have anything like we had to take our pa and everything but like we were poor so they wanted each of us to have our own shit so i was like well i'm a broke college kid i can afford this so i bought it and it worked and now i don't even use it. It's actually kind of just here. I was using it as a talkback mic, and then I discovered the 18i20 has a talkback mic built into it. So I'm like, yeah. well, I don't need that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's like super fun. I was recently watching some people record stuff, and they're like, what are they doing? Like the one guy would like, he's pushing a button and talking to the other guy, and you can hear him talking. And it's like, oh, uh, yeah, I had to explain like what a talkback mic was. But yeah, pretty neat stuff. That's a, that's a yeah. fun one. So is like that mic that you have there now, like just gonna be like a paperweight or a desk trophy or something like that. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the the decor mic in my studio is an MXL seven seventy, I think. Somebody uh, gave it to me. They wanted me to repair it uh, years ago. I took it apart. I couldn't see anything like wrong with it. I resoldered some connections and there's still just like nothing i was like okay and then somehow it just stayed in my possession for years and then one night i got really drunk and i used it to make a tiktok and i chucked it and i was like oh that wasn't my mic <laughs> so i texted this person and, and 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 i was like hey remember that 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 mic and they're like yeah whatever happened to it now it's like i was like how much was it brand new they're like 80 dollars i'm like okay here's 80 dollars and like why i was like I forgot it wasn't mine and I threw it at the wall. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. So now it's just on the shelf next to my entryway as a piece of decoration, basically. Nice. It's just where it's at now. 
I feel like that thing should be like spray painted gold and turned into I a trophy or something. I actually had someone. I'm thinking about doing it. I had someone walk in one day and say, oh, is this the mic I'm using? I was like, no, <laughs> no, you're not paying me 40 bucks an hour to use this. No, 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 no. Yeah, no kidding. Oh, my <clears> gosh. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, jeez. So, so you don't just work at your own, uh, let's, say, let's say it here, speed of sound is uh, what you call your business. Mm-hmm. Do you still have access to all your yeah, social medias and things like that? It's my it's it's my home studio. Um, <clears throat> so actually, I I zucked myself. Oh, by mistake. Um, <clears throat> so I was trying to sort out some weird issue on the Speed of Sound Facebook page, and I read in some obscure article it said, "Oh well, if you remove yourself as admin and re-add, it might solve the issue." Oh, it's like, okay. I know what the issue is already. Well, the problem is I didn't have a backup admin. Yep. So now, so I removed myself, and now the page doesn't have an admin. It's just I zucked myself, and it's just, and so I lost the Facebook, the Instagram, all of it. I was like, "Fuck!" So I sent a message to Facebook saying, "Hey, this just happened. I can confirm my identity, everything." That was six months ago, and I haven't heard back. And I'm like, "Okay, oh, well, I guess I'll just go fuck myself." Uh, you will not hear back from yourself. Or hear back from I them. Figured. Like they, I don't know. When Betty lost our social media, that was pretty much what happened. And um, yeah, I'm like, people watching can see my facial expression. It was just a horrible situation. And uh, we tried to contact them and they didn't have anything to do with it. And then so what we did was we, well, what I did was I found out who had control of it and I um, like reported them like relentlessly and then created a new page and reported the old page and I pulled as much media off of it as I could, but I'm like, what am I going to do? Re-upload it to the new page. Then, right. lo, then lo and behold, the old page got taken down because the old account got removed and whammo. And we just took over the old Facebook name and that's, uh, that's what we got. But like, it's such a horrible ordeal because we're going through the same thing with the Instagram account. Like right now, like, I don't know, like, whether or not it was a person or a bot, but our account got reported as somebody that's, like, under the legal age to be on Instagram. But it's, like, Mm -hmm. a band name, and it's a band page, and so they want, like, identification, and they think that, like, Betty is, is like, a a person that they need, like, identification for. Right. And so, yeah, like, contacting (sighs) them and trying to, like, relay, like, actual information to them is impossible, and and it's horrible. So let me ask you this then. What's the easiest way to get a hold of you since you don't have the the socials? So the easiest way to get a hold of me is either add me on Facebook and just send me a message. Or you can go to my website, speedofsoundia, like Iowa, dot com. Um, Or you can call me my or text even. My business number is 515 Six three five, five one zero six. That's your business number, eh? <laughs> That's my business number. All it's right. actually a Google Voice thing, but it goes to my cell phone. So, <laughs> hey, it works. It works just fine. Keep it keeps the spammers at bay. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Well, yeah, everybody wants to hit them up. There you go. There's the information, um, Misha. Yeah, you you do a lot of work. 
And I'm not talking just like regular everyday Joe Schmo day job because you have one of those, just like many people. I out do. There, just like many I people do. do. <clears throat> yep, Monday to Friday. Yep. I mean, it's it is what it is. You got to have the weekends off if you want to do the weekend shows. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah. I, mean, I am fortunate though. I work from home. Hey, uh, I'm in the same boat at the moment. So <laughs> nice. I, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I will have to say, like, it feels. Uh, nice and relaxed, but it's it's also super stressful. You're out there on an island, even though you're not on an island. But like, you also have to like be self motivating, which is not always easy every morning. You know, it's not getting up. I I um <clears throat> revealing maybe too much of myself here. <laughs> we'll cover up a bit. I'm uh <laughs> I'm 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 definitely the person who will like if I work at eight, I'm rolling out of bed at seven forty five. And I'm just like, all right, I'm going to brush my teeth, feed my cat, make some tea, and work. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've definitely been guilty of that before. So yeah. I'm not going to act like I haven't. But, like, yeah, I mean, there's some mornings where I'm, like, at work on time, and I just got to slap myself in the face a couple of times, like, get with it. Let's do this. Gear yourself up. Go, <laughs> you know, and you get going. But, oh, like, yeah. those day jobs, I mean, they they are literally what is the basic support for every single one of us to do this giant hobby that is music in some fashion or another. So like, it really is. Yeah. So not only do you have this day job, like, like a lot of other people do, but you're also playing music as well as recording music, as well as doing live sound for places, as well as booking Mm -hmm. for other places. So you have uh, many hats that you wear and it's not just like, I get it. I say I'm busy. Like I said, if people listen to the podcast every week, it comes up almost Mm -hmm. weekly. Hey, I'm busy. It just, it just kind of drains you a little bit, but how do you fight the burnout from? Because you're busier than I am, <laughs> like by a mile. It seems I, like I, I I stay busy. Uh, the biggest thing that that I've learned to do, honestly, it just boils down to boundaries. Just setting boundaries in your life, um, understanding where, like, obviously, different people have different capacities for handling stress. Um, a, a super important thing is just knowing where is my threshold that I can handle up to, <clears throat> and then what boundaries do I need to maintain as far as what or who or what kinds of situations or bullshit I'm going to give my energy to and, and my time and my, my mental focus <clears throat> and what am I not? Um, and just you know, it, it, it is, it is a give and take type of a game. You know, the busier I, I get with work, genuinely speaking, the, the less energy I have for personal bullshit, you know, um, like relationships, forget about it. You know, friendships. Yes. Romantic ones. No, fuck that. I don't have that kind of time. And like, what you, you want to go on a date? How, how long is this going to take? I, I got shit to do. So, <clears throat> It's, it's, I'm just kind of at that, at that point and I'm, I'm sure it'll calm down eventually, you know, either, either I'll burn out and give up on recording, not, or it'll get to a point where, you know, I can actually just do music on, on a, on a full-time basis and not have to work that 40 hour a week grind and actually have some extra time. I just know at this point, I'm kind of at that stage where I just have to watch my boundaries and be super careful what I do and don't do. Yeah, I mean it's it's very difficult to find those boundaries and to set them up. But like the easiest way to find them is to cross them and and yes, like uh, <laughs> and I mean, realize this isn't what I want to do. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, it is absolute <clears throat> absolutely decimating when you have that like burnout feeling and 
uh, <laughs> like you just now you don't want to do anything. It's like I have I have five things on the table that I'm I'm always have my fingers in these five pies, and now I don't want any of them because I just can't handle it anymore. You know, so you have to figure out like yeah. how much. Like you said, relationships can be difficult. Like I've had, uh, you know, I've had issues with that in the sense where it's just like I'm so busy that I I can't dedicate the amount of time to this that it deserves and that's a tough issue to, yep. to like try and cross you know to like be that adult about something even you know like it's just yeah. like Ugh, this is this is real life stuff you know so some some of it is also you know it's you just have to figure out what the return is that you want out of something absolutely uh, you know because I mean, that's something a young person recently was talking to me about because they were just like, you have to do things that make you happy because if you're not going to be happy doing something, then like it doesn't really make sense to do it, you know? It's like, right. It's like, why are you 17 <clears throat> telling me this? Like, you know? <laughs> I still, Kids, man. Yeah. They get it. <laughs> I guess, I guess. They haven't been fucked over enough by the world yet to forget about it. <laughs> oh, well, that's probably what it is. Oh, my gosh. I thought I knew everything that was going on when I was young. That was a handful. Oh, yeah. To say the least. Oof. But yeah, what the did, more the more you learn, the, the the less you realize you actually know. Yes, <laughs> yes. As the um, island of knowledge grows, so do the shores of its ignorance. Oh, right. I like that. Yes, it's the same thing you just said, but in a sh- fancy schmancy way. I think Carl Sagan but said Confucius. it. Confucius. <laughs> oh, Carl Sagan. I thought I thought it was a Confucius thing. <laughs> I, I don't know. He probably got it from somewhere else, but like I probably because I, I think knows? like Neil deGrasse Tyson runs around saying it, and I think he got it from Carl Sagan. So either way, That's yeah. Fair. Um, so speed of sound, mm. that is the mm-hmm. place to go if you guys want to record. I know a lot of people do vocals uh, at your studio, and not only just do vo- like some yep. places like. I, I do most of my mixing and, and recording of this stuff, like, you know, in Nashville. Do you want to do my vocals in Iowa? And, then, and you know, you, you're doing crazy stuff like that even. Yeah, I uh, I got fortunate. I picked up a country artist who's had some success on the uh, Apple music and billboard charts. Um, and, yeah, he, he tracks his vocals here, and then we send him back to to Nashville. They do everything else that that's honestly helped me a ton. I, I feel like I don't deserve that. The accolades on that because like all I have is a booth and some mics and some gear and I just hit, you know, I, I dial them in, I hit the record button and then we ship it off to Nashville and that, and that's it. I don't touch it again, you know? Uh, but I mean, it's, 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 it's cool to be a part of that process. It's, it's very humbling to be a part of a team of people that you've never even met. And you're like, this is pretty damn cool i'm getting credits on this okay thanks um but that that yeah the the vocal side of things has kind of turned into um the the niche of what my business does what my what my business does what i do um a a lot of and a big part of that is i have a decent isolation booth and so people want to i have a good booth i have good mics i have good preamp you know, I mean, it's just I, 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 I'm set up to, to do it. I'm not set up very well to track drums. You know, I tell people if you want a good drum sound, let's book a session over at Sonic Factory, where I also work. Um, and uh, we'll get a session there. You know, um, I am actually working with a couple of clients right right now who are looking at taking a hybrid approach to their projects where we're going to track part of it there because the the gear is better for those aspects of the project 
to make it like worth their time to pay the 75 bucks an hour. And then the rest of it, they're going to come and do here. Um, and I think that's, that's super cool. John's a great guy. John Locker owns Sonic factory, um, gig day back line, like a gear rental thing and Jabbermouth media, which is a video company. Um, he does all of those. He does DSM TV. I think he's on the board with the Des Moines music coalition. Super great guy. Pleasure to work for pleasure to work with. Um, actually doing, uh, I'll plug it now this Sunday, a home recording Q and a live stream myself and another engineer from, from the area are going live on the Facebooks to answer people's questions about home recording. So, uh, ask your questions because we have a lot of them to answer, but, um, there is always room for more. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I, I love doing the recording stuff. I think um, a lot of the projects I've gotten to, to, to work on just blow me away. Um, the Seth Clove and the Silver Liners album I thought turned out great. I was very pleased to be able to produce that. Um, few hiccups on it, but I mean, it was a great, great project. I've also worked on some not so great music, but we don't talk about those clients because they keep coming back and giving me money anyway. So, <laughs> yeah, I've definitely I, I've come down to just realize that not all music is made for me, you know, whatever. It's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I mean, also, it's just kind of like somebody's like, I got paint and a canvas, but I need brushes and you're the brushes, you know, or something like that. You're the you're the in between that they absolutely have to have in order to make the thing at the end that they need. So it makes sense. I've hoped to be absolutely needed. <laughs> Other, <laughs> otherwise, uh, it's going to be hard to keep up with my uh, payments on my gear. <laughs> well, I mean, if we put your mixing and and mastering and the whole nine yards down up against like somebody else, like doing it at DIY, not to like down on DIY stuff, but like even just comparing it to mine, it's like I mean, yours sounds better. Like you know, it's like it's like obviously, but like maybe to some generic person, it might not, but. I don't know. That's just like, it's so obvious to tell, you know, you've put in the time to the energy to like work on the craft to, to get right. a good finished product. So, um, I'm, I'm, I'm working hard on it. I know, um, I know one thing I've been doing quite a bit of is like custom instrumentals. Someone will call me up and say, Hey, I have a song I wrote with an acoustic, but I don't have a band. Can you make a song? And they send it to me. I build a full custom instrumental off of that acoustic thing. And then I send it back to them and they say, yeah, it's great. And then they come in and they do the singing on it. We bring in a harmony singer, do our backgrounds, yada, yada. I do the whole nine yards. I mix it down. I send it off for mastering. comes back. sounds good. <clears throat> I've been doing a bit of that as of recent. And I'm finding I really like doing it <clears throat> because I get to dabble a little bit in the song uh, writing side of it, not the lyrics, but the musical side, because yeah, you're giving me a chord structure and a generic general tempo idea and a s structure of how the song is going to be. And then I get to go inside of that and try to think, okay, what are we going after here? And then just make a song off of it, mm -hmm. you know, guitar, bass, drums, keys, anything else, you know, I did a country song that I, I put sleigh bells on it. I grabbed a sleigh bell and I sat there in the booth going, with my sleigh bells. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, I think I think it's a lot of fun. Um, um, it's also really decent money 
for me, I charge 600 for custom instrumental. And then if you want to do the vocals on, on top of it with the full package, that's an extra like 300. So, I mean, 900 a song, I can't complain there, you know, which, um, it's what, whatever. I, I only charge that because you're counting on me to do the writing and use my creative talents to be able talents to be able to, to, to do that. But bands coming in and recording i'm like nah 550 a song you're good because like you all i'm doing is hitting the record button and editing and mixing you know so i don't know i i feel as if um the more and more i i do this i think this is something anybody could do you know it's it's just a matter of putting in the time and the effort to learn it and get it down and become good at it yeah i mean some of it I've found, um, so like one thing I did to kind of start me on this journey was to just uh, record a singer-songwriter. So I had like, you know, you, vocals on one and acoustic on the other. It's like super simple, easy thing, you know, and you start to learn about like, what can compression do to this? You know, you just start taking like the basic things and, right. and adding them in there. And it's like, once you start to figure out like a basic shell of like, this will generally kind of work for this, I just have to tweak it for the purpose at the end, you know? So like you can start to figure out like this will need this. It will need X. It will need Y. It will need Z. We'll need to mix it a little bit like this. Cause it's vocals, you know, and you kind of get the gist of where everything goes after a while. But yeah, I mean, and that's, that's the thing that like anyone can just sit down and, and hit record, like listen to this podcast and then just go back to episode one and hear the audio difference, the audio quality difference. I'm just like, <laughs> you know, it's just like, I remember somebody sent me something that like, it's called a compressor or something. I'm like, okay, I'll use one. And they're like, oh, this makes a lot of difference, you know? <laughs> okay. So, yes, yeah, slightly going back to my previous statement, compression. Who knew? Yeah. <laughs> it's, and yet nobody knows how it works. I think uh, if if you can learn... If you can learn the basics of phase, mic placement, compression, and EQ, you're already ahead of most other bedroom engineers, you know, engineers, you know, trying to make music, like, because that's really the bones and structure of your sound, you know, everything on top of that, you know, your pitch correction, your modulations, your effects and shit, that's, that's just sauce, mm-hmm. you know, but knowing how to, Knowing how to work a compressor, knowing what type of compressor to use in what type of a situation, knowing how parallel compression and parallel EQ work, um, you know, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a mess. <laughs> it can be a mess though, but I feel like that's, I mean, it's not much different than anything. Like once you get like the no. absolute basics down mm-hmm. and you start asking like, what's that? And then it's, it's just like, well... How big of a can of worms do you want to open up here? It's like, well, that's you know, that's a compressor. Has first you got to figure out mm-hmm. what the ratio is and why it's important. Like then you got to figure out what the tack <laughs> is and why that needs to, you know. Oh my god! You also got to figure out why you can't just set it flat on the top uh, and limit everything. It deadens. You know, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So. Yeah, trying to to learn how to create space in a in a, in a mix for a song to move and and breathe is definitely tricky. You know. Um, and it's, it's something I'm still consider myself as working on. will always be working on. Um, you know, I, I go back and I listen to some of my old stuff and I'm like, Oh, this is horseshit. Did I charge someone? Oh my God. I did charge someone to do this. Oh my God. You know it, but 
But then I'm like, wait, how much did I charge? Okay, yeah, yeah, I, I guess, I guess that was an appropriate price to charge. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I think you know, it's 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 like with anything that you do, you know, you're always going to get better at it the more you do it, and you're always going to look back on your old stuff and be like, oh, this fucking sucked. <laughs> yes, I mean, if you're progressing, that's what you're always going to look back and say. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's how you know you're going forward. So that's a good thing. Uh, so you do record at uh, Sonic Factory as well. I, I do. I, I don't know if I asked this on the last podcast, but what did you do first, live or live sound, or I'm assuming just studio work of some sort? Live sound. I did live sound before I got into recording. Um, oh, okay. I actually, my associates is in my hat is crooked now. It's bothering me. Anyway. Anyway, uh, my my associates is in basically sound and stage. Um, so, you know, I, I kind of transferred that into more of a recording environment when I realized I enjoyed the recording aspect. Um, and now, no, I charge 40 bucks an hour. <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, hey, it's really nice when I get off my day job where I just spent eight hours making, you know, 130 bucks and then I spend the evening you know four hour session 160 i'm like wow i just more than doubled my day's pay right there mm-hmm. you know just doing my my hobby um that i just happen to get decent at doing um i mean it is it is work don't get me wrong it is a lot of work but yeah i did i did the the live sound to start um i worked at some churches i was on the sound team at vaudeville muse May it rest in pieces. Um, And um, now I, I am on the sound team at Lefties. I I mix on Sunday nights. So this Sunday, goddamn gallows, I'll I'll be mixing that show. Um, So if you're planning on going, say hi. Um, Don't buy me a beer because I'm sober now. Uh, But (laughs) (laughs) uh, definitely uh, say hi. Um, I I do. Some of the freelance sound works. I do some stuff at Beer Can Alley. I I was doing some fill-in work at Gas Lamp here and there. I may again. I was mostly filling in because the engineer there was also engineering at Lefties um, and had some other things going on. Their schedule has opened up, so now they have more time to work shows. So I, I don't know the next time I'll be mixing at the Gas Lamp or if... Uh, but that, that's okay. I rather prefer mixing at lefties anyway because the sound system is the sauce. But um, <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> that was awesome. Lefties is awesome. Lefties in Des Moines. If you I love been, lefties. Uh, absolutely, go to lefties. You're also booking at lefties though too. Correct. Yeah, I I I do book there. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, wait, we're talking about booking, right? You kind yeah. of cut out there. Yeah, you, you are booking it. Lefties. Okay, perfect. Yes. yes, yes. I am uh, I am. I am on our giant booking team, and I say giant, uh, jokingly, the booking team is myself and Eric. Um, <laughs> <laughs> although we get a, a, a lot of help from um, Aaron at Metro as well. Aaron has access to our calendar. He books a bunch of shows, too, directly through Metro. We have some incredible fucking shows coming up 
this year. Is it okay if I plug a couple? Absolutely not. Neil, go for it. <laughs> oh, well, fuck you. I'm doing it anyway. <laughs> Do it anyway. This is my job, man. <laughs> yeah, this is my job. Okay, so shows we have coming up this Sunday, Goddamn Gallows. Uh, Monday, Party Marty and the Sleepover and more cheese. I do want to. I do want to say this is coming show. out. This is coming out Thursday. So go from Thursday on. Next. What the fuck am I doing with Sunday and Monday then? I don't know. <laughs> what you meant to say was those shows were amazing. Those shows were amazing. I'm sure of it. <laughs> um, okay, so let's see here. I mean, we have. Mac Lethal next Friday. Uh, we have, I don't know, I don't know what the hell this this one is. I'm 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 looking at our booking. Oh, nice calendars. What I'm I'm doing. So um, I don't really go on our Facebook page unless I have to post any events. I'm like it's too messy. Um, let's see here. We got uh, what do we have? No Resolve and Etched in Embers. On Sunday the seventh. Oh, that's a Sunday. I'm mixing. I'm mixing that one. No resolve in Eshin numbers. Nice. Um, that's gonna be cool. Yeah. I'm like, what? Uh, we have Sledge and Mall on Monday the the 18th. Um, we got some other stuff coming up. Something called Overtime. I don't know what that is. Um, shows that I'm very excited about that are happening this year though. Uh, Wolf King on May 5th. Um, a deer, a horse on May 4th. That's going to be a, a deer, a horse, Haploid and Bigby Woods. Um, and then some bigger shows, um, In Search of Solace on May 9th. Psycho Stick, May 14th. Um, let's see here. Okay, now Scream at the Sky on May 18th. Infected Rain, May 16th. Um, da- <laughs> Goat Whore, May 12th. 22nd dying wish may 23rd gorilla warfare may 24th um through it all may 29th kingdom collapse june 4th and now we get into the crazy ones that i just can't believe are happening um i'm just gonna skip ahead here uh early july early july date is tbd and you are hearing it it's exclusively on this podcast because we haven't announced shit yet. Oh my god. We we haven't announced anything and Eric can yell at me if I'm not supposed to do this. Acacia strain. Oh hell yeah. Sometime in early July they are coming back home to grace us with their presence. Don't know anything about it, don't know who's on it, but that's going to be great. Um and then Fallujah July 17th. Um, attack, attack, July 25th. Uh, that, that blows my fucking mind. One, it's attack, attack lefties of all places. Like they, they used to play warp tour. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what the fuck? Um, and, and then filth at the end of July archers, August 11th. Of course, that's always a good show. Good time. But then in August, we have another one. This will be the last show I'm plugging here. And I'm trying to find the date. Is it the 5th? Yep, the Spill Canvas, August 5th. Nice. Old, old, old emo band group thing that I used to listen to back in 2009. Hell yeah. Yeah. So those are some shows we have coming up. I'm very excited about them. Um, Of course, 
Also hit up other amazing places for the, the live musics here in town. XBK, they've always got killer shows happening. Gas Lamp. Um, we, we don't talk about the Hall in the Fremont. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I, I play bars. there often. <laughs> <laughs> Enough said. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey. <laughs> um, no, I, I I just don't know what's going on at those places. And of course, you know, there's some other places coming in. Um, the owner of Woolies bought Valair, so there's some crazy shit happening there soon, um, and just all kinds of amazing magical things happening that I'm just excited to be living in the same town as. Oh, so. man. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the music scene is, oh, is this weird accordion in Des Moines where it's like huge and then small and then huge and then small. And like there's a lot of bands. There's and no it's, bands. There's it's a coming lot of into that big stage. It's swelling up yep, again. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Not only it's are they swelling up again. I'm like, I'm like, oh, business is good. It's great. <laughs> it's it's weird, though. I feel like not every band made it out of COVID alive, you know, and a lot of new bands have come around. But uh, there's still mm-hmm. a lot of other bands that have been stalwarts forever and they they made it through just fine. So it's the scene, yeah. the scene is still there. Yeah. So it's yep. so- uh, my bands are still going. My uh, old band, aren't we all? We are still going. We just haven't played a show since 2018, but we're still around. <laughs> um, and then my new band, uh, we we don't technically have a solidified name yet, but it's fine. We're just a cover band. We just do like 2000s pop punk and emo covers just because why not? It's fun. We're all emo kids. Let's let's do it. But a tentative name that we have is the Fitness Gram Pacers. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, the, all right. I guess the I don't Fitness Gram Pacer test. I, I don't I got nothing. Is, is that a reference oh. I don't understand? Oh, no. So the Fitness Gram Pacer test was this thing that they used to make you do in gym class where you like sprint between the lines on, on, on a gym court and stuff and it would get quicker and quicker and quicker and quicker to test your aerobic capacity. I don't know. Huh. It's stupid. Nice. I don't remember that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I was, was going to yeah. say like aside from doing recordings in your own studio as well as another studio and aside from doing sound at lefties as well as other places freelancing and as well as booking at lefties you also play in two bands which is which is pretty is getting close to the tip of the iceberg finally you know like we finally almost covered (laughs) you know most of the things you do oh yeah 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 i i i i love playing music you know um being in bands helps me to do the thing that got me into what I'm doing now in the first place, you know, playing music. There was a period where um, we weren't sure if aren't we all was going to make it or not, and we weren't getting together, you know, stuff got busy. We hadn't gotten t- together in months and months, and I was like, I'm depressed as fuck. I haven't had a reason to touch an instrument outside of a session in a long time, so... um it's 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 good to be playing again and now with two bands it's just it's it's a nice change of pace um in my week to be able to go to band practice and be like hey we're gonna play music now you know I'm done making music let's play music yeah <laughs> i don't even want to make new music i just want to play other people's music i don't even want i'm just i'm so tired of making music <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know the cover band is almost like a break then at that point <laughs> kind of is yeah yeah but i mean you know um, 
we, we, we are, we are trying to turn it into something that could be profitable. Our goal with it and my goal with starting the project in, in the first place was I would like to see it become, you know, something that could be a source of income for its members. You know, we'd like to do the cover band thing and go charge two grand to play a wedding or, or something. So we'll see what happens, but yeah, I mean, that's definitely an option. I mean, there's, there are perks, yeah. there are perks to, to being in the cover band, you know, I think that's like the perfect formula yeah. is if you're like a singer songwriter, just like, well, fill it up the rest of it with covers, you know, and away you go. You got two hours to cover and charge a couple hundred bucks mm-hmm. or whatever you want and away you go, you know, so. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. It's, it's so wild to think that either one of us or anyone can be as busy as you are. You know, like I said, uh, I, I like to. Th- I, I, <laughs> I like to think I'm a busy person. I like to think I get a lot of things done. Sometimes I feel like I cross the line that we were talking about earlier and I end up like doing too much or putting too much on my shoulders and then I just get like all burned out and I don't want to do anything. And then that's not fun either because you're just like, I'm not doing anything. This sucks, you know, but it's so Mm -hmm. wild that you're out there doing all this stuff. And I mean, there's even more like sometimes you'll go online and you'll do live streams on your own um, that are just like, this is me. I'm just going to mix some stuff and record some stuff and like, sometimes you'll be like, what what should I add to this or whatever? And you just start like doing stuff or like, I'm going to add this to this song because it needs it. And this is why it's important. And boom. And you know, it's this weird thing that a lot of people, because there is, it is such a DIY community are taking to what you're doing because they, you know, understand that the end result of your product is, is very good. So they want to take as many tips and tricks from you as they can. Yeah. Well, tips and tricks are good. That's uh you know, I, I, one thing that I, I would love to see, um, especially just now having been doing recording for, well, for, for money, for going on four years now, um, is I, I would, I would like to see people m- more empowered to make butter, butter, make butter. Uh, butter it's good for you butter for your soul whoever's listening um, that's like running out to go buy a churn <laughs> turn the butter oh yeah this looks really bad on camera okay um but i i i want to see musicians empowered to make better sounding demos and utilize home recording as a writing tool to help them to actually write and Ooh. edit their own songs to make their music as good as it can possibly get in, 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 in terms of the writing and arrangement before they hit the studio. Because a lot of bands will take a song, go to a studio, and it's like, this is a cool concept. This could use some editorial before we hit the record button, but here we are hitting the record button and now we're stuck with it. And so I, I personally would like to see, okay, there are some high quality bands in Des Moines. There are also some bands wanting to record who maybe just aren't that great at like writing music. But if they could use the recording aspect to get their music down and hear it back and just hear it back and not be playing it, then they could be like, oh, yeah, we should put X, Y, and Z here, here, and here and change this and that to be able to overall just raise the bar for the, for the standard of quality of music. You know, I think... I think being being able to 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 do that, you know, could help bands to turn out better sounding songs, get more sales, play more shows, and make more money and live the dream. Yeah. And home and home recording is really not that expensive to get into, you know. I mean, 
relatively speaking, I, I have to remember I work a day job, but also every other thing I do in my life makes money. So I have to remember that I make more money than most people. I need to sit down and not say everything is cheap when it's not. But compared to trying to write your album in a studio, it is much cheaper to just get a couple things, start start making your demos at home, trying to flesh them out and edit them and arrange them better and then take it to a studio. Because then when you take that to a studio, you take that demo and that engineer or producer is going to pick it apart and say, this is great. Now I know exactly what we're doing. And the the better a demo product you take to the studio to begin with, that just raises the platform that your engineer is going to stand on and make your music even better on top of it. So, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you bring up a really good point because it's something that a lot of people might not understand is uh, you can use home recording to help maybe even just like just arrange your music in a different fashion. I mean, yeah. not not everything that comes off my <clears throat> head off the top of the cuff is is gold money all the time. I mean, it's pretty it's pretty good. No, it's it's you know, but sometimes like you said when you listen back to things, you're just like I would have added like this fill in here and then you can just be like even if you want to do it like in a live sense, it's like, well, when I do this live, I'll just delete that section and put the fill in instead. And you can actually like start to figure out how you can layer this up a little bit differently right. in a live setting, even for people playing live shows, you know? So it's, it is important to listen back to yourself playing in some capacity, which home recording can definitely come in handy there. Um, also maybe making like some sort of a live rig, like some sort of little rack unit that you can also do some recording off of as well. might not hurt. Yeah. Speaking of rack rigs, also good use of home recording if you have the inputs to do it is being able to just track your band's practice sessions and listen back and pick it apart and be like, okay, who's fucking up where? <laughs> you know, that that's actually uh that's that's something that uh that my band is gonna be doing here pretty soon as we start prepping for shows is tracking all our practice sessions and multi-tracking it to be like Okay, how you know how is everything together? Is something off? If it is, who is it, or who all is it? Where is it? What needs to be? You know, just just to get a more objective overview of here's how it actually is. This is good. This is not. This is not. We need to bring these things into the good area. You know, it, it's it's recording avoids arguments because <laughs> recording doesn't lie. Oh my gosh. That's uh, the fortunate and unfortunate thing about what's going on there. Yeah, it. Uh, there's sometimes I'm just like, man, I crushed it at this show. And then you're just like, that was horrible or this was horrible. Because I, I mean, you know that Clint records most of our stuff live with like a live uh, recorder, right. for, for just like raw room sound. But like, yeah. yeah, it's not hard to tell when somebody messes up, even with just that thing. So yeah, it's definitely very important to to listen to yourself back. Um, I I don't know. I mean. It's painful sometimes, but it's it's definitely helpful. Like you said, it, it can help you arrange songs better. It can help you improve your songwriting capabilities and, and add things Absolutely. that you might not have noticed. You know, see the yep. holes you might not notice while you're playing it live. I uh, I I just I just love helping people to to make music. I love helping people to sound good. You know, whether I'm like mixing a band and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna try and crush this mix and make the room sound good. Or, you know, it's like, oh, you came in, you're like recording a song. Like even just yesterday, this guy came in to record. He's been playing guitar for like six or seven months. Really 
not a good guitar player, but he wrote a song. And he said, I've never been to a studio. I just want to make this. And so I was like, okay, here's – I'm just going to prop my phone here. Have you play it into it? Because he's like, I don't know what to add to it. It's like, okay, so play it. And then I played it back. And then I took a pen and pad and I just I, – I, I structured out his whole song. And I said, okay, so here, here, here. And then I grabbed my bass. I tracked it in. And then I added drums and guitar. And then he hopped in the booth and we had him a full production song in like five hours. It's awesome. That is so awesome. You know, especially for somebody who's like yeah. in their first year. Like you said, I remember where I was at when I was five, six, seven months into playing guitar. It's like, yeah, I can, I can play a few chords and stuff. Yeah, I can do some. I can do some stuff. You know. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, but that's yeah. about it. You know, and uh, that's it's so cool. He's out there writing music and stuff, and you're helping him. That's that's so fun. I was just like, you know what, dude? I I admire your passion and I admire your balls in coming to a studio. Well, studio paying something to to record your music when you don't know what the fuck you're doing. I I applaud your um, courageousness in doing that. And so why not? I'm gonna help you out here. I'm just gonna make you a full thing. It was a, it was more of a favor service than anything else. But um, <clears throat> it's just like yeah 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 yeah. You know we'll uh we'll make a groove. <laughs> that's so fun. <laughs> I mean that's so fun. I mean it's it's. It is what it is. It's using your talents to help somebody out in a time of need. It's uh, using your talents to help somebody uh, further their dream and passion. I mean, that's pretty much, yeah. like you said, everything you're doing is almost keyed around that. Not only do you, are you a musician yourself, but you also uh, are pretty much one of the everything that any musician needs to go out and play live music. You, you know, you do, you do booking, you, know, you do the sound. I mean, you pretty much, every, you do the live, both <laughs> do live sound and studio sound. Yeah. Guess, anything that's between you and the fans hearing your music you're that person so i am the gatekeeper <laughs> the Demo- oh, we have been well, talking to the des moines gatekeeper of music misha today everybody oh god no oh god no just totally i am no I, I i i i resent i i take it back i take it back total jokes we're just no. joking around no gatekeeper. oh god Oh my gosh, dude! This has been a really fun time sitting down talking with you. Uh, it's been fun getting to yeah, know you. It has been actually. Um, I think the last time you were on the podcast was over two years ago. I think. It was 2019, I think. Yeah. yeah. So it was over two years ago, uh, which is also weird to think that like this podcast has been going that long. But you've grown a lot in that in that time span. Like you've gotten yeah. absolutely wildly good at what you're doing, and that is one of the, the well, coolest thank you. things I appreciate about it. it to watch to watch you progress. Like you know. Uh, not to let the cat out of the bag, but you know, three finger Betty is doing some recording and, uh, because you have a bazillion jobs and I have a bazillion jobs and, and everyone else has a bazillion things going on. It's we hard. started this project for, for, for those tuning in, we started this project last May. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It happens. Which is weird to me because it's like the first Betty one, we tracked that and I had it back to you in what, like eight weeks or less. Yeah, the original mixing and everything. Yeah, like the long part. Yeah. The long part was sending it external, other places to do things. Yeah, and now it's like, oh well, we're really close. Like I, everything is like ready to go. We just need to plug in some extra pieces here and there, and then we're just gonna ship it off. Yep, that's it's 
done. It's done. It's essentially it's that's done. the end of it. Yep. But it's just it's just gonna take. The worst part is we want to do it. We we like to do everything in a group session if we can. So it's got to be a time where right everyone in our band that, and that we where want with us be there. will be there. Mm-hmm. And all all of our schedules now have to meet yours. As, so it's it's tough. It's not easy. I know. I'm so sorry. I mean, no. It's it's not, it's not your fault. Because I mean, like we if we wanted to, we could just as easy send some proxy people in there, or just anybody else, or we could you know track yeah. it track it all individually and slam it all together and call it good but like, you really want it all to be your group effort together and that's something that's really special about the betty project is i i haven't worked with any other groups that that specifically all want to be there for work on 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 their projects even even if not everyone is doing anything they just all want to be there and that's super cool like man that, that the passion and dedication to that is profound I think some of it is just there's there's enough people that are interested in the outcome of what happens that we just want to make sure that we all at least are there to put in some input if it's needed, you know. Um, that that too, yep. I mean, yep. it's it's important. We're all kind of taking ownership of what's going on. <laughs> Everyone there, you know, not just us in the band, but you as well. So I, you know, appreciate I appreciate everything you do. Uh, you've you've booked my bands. You've mixed my bands live. You've mixed them in the studio. You've done everything we've mentioned here. You've done for me in some capacity or another <laughs> on a multitude of occasions. So I would have to say Thank that like, you. I really, really appreciate everything you've done for the music scene in the Des Moines area and beyond. Uh, like, like we said earlier, your music has touched, uh, I mean, Nashville and, and everywhere else in between it's, it's, it's everywhere. You know, things you've recorded have, have gone a long ways. So, um, thank you. I, th- I appreciate that. Th- there's still a couple things on here that I didn't quite get to, but I there are things that you're uh, currently working on in the future. Like uh, I don't know if we want to to go over them, but I, I did. Sure. Ty- I did type <clears throat> down that you uh, have like an Iowa Recording Engineers Association thing on the mind that you kind of want to try and get off the ground. Yeah. So this is this is this is very much still. I mean, we don't even have the entity yet. This is still very early stages. We're still in the writing stage of it. But we, uh, my my myself and a colleague, are working to start a. Um, we don't really have a name, but yeah, in Iowa Recording Engineers Association, with the goal of basically just equipping recording engineers with with knowledge and like resources, but also protection and backing, you know, um, part of what inspired it was, was wanting to kind of, kind of standardize things a bit more across like some studios in the area. You know, we get people, you know, studio hopping and saying, well, you know, here's how so-and-so does it. And here's how it is here. And, and, and it's, it's not to say everyone should do everything the same way. No, but more of like, you know, um, I don't even know. Just something so so that people can have an idea of if I go in, into a studio in Des Moines, here's what I can generally expect to have happen, uh, which is good. But also because I've had a number of people come in who did studio hop because they have a habit of booking sessions and then not paying. Oh, yeah. So now you would have and some sort of control over that, too. Exactly. To be able to say, well, if you're going to screw over one person in the association, you can just check all these other studios off your list because you're not going to go there. That type of thing, too. 
Um, so and a bunch, a bunch of other stuff with it that I don't want to dive into because again, we're still in the writing stage of it. Yeah, I mean that's but, you're uh, already bringing yeah. up some good ideas for it though too, and those are things like I wouldn't necessarily ever think of because there might be some people that are just like, well, send me a rough mix of this or whatever, and then they've already got like a rough mix down that they can just be like, look, I got this thingy here, it's a demo, and they can run away without paying you. I totally get it. So there's like a lot of things that yeah. you as a recording engineer actually have to think about that I would have yeah. never even yeah. thought about ever. So. Yeah. The uh, the moly. the the other thing I will say about it too, with 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 the goal of the association, and this is going to kind of depend on who we can get on, or you know, um, and what type of I guess recognition uh, authority type thing the the um, association can build, but it's going to be kind of um, having that, you know. If your recording business has this association stamp on it, then people can kind of know, I can expect good quality here. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, you know, but yeah, we'll we'll see what happens with it. You know, we've been talking about it since last – well, we've been talking about it for a few months now, um, four-ish. I don't even know. Uh, but – just kind of working on the writing for that this spring and waiting to, to, to see what happens with it. Nice, nice. That'll be really cool to see what comes of that. I'll keep my eyes peeled for that in the future. And uh, if something, you know, formulates out of that, maybe we'll bring some people in and talk about it. Because, uh, yeah. I mean, be awesome. Yeah, man. Learning how to record has been some of the funnest things I've ever done. And it's, uh, I can't believe there's somebody around that does it as, as well as you do and that I, I have access to, you know, it's, uh, it's really, Thank really you. fun. So, uh, is there Thank anything you. else that I haven't mentioned on the podcast that I, I probably should, I think there was only, yeah. one, there was only one other thing I didn't mention, but let's see what you bring up. Uh, well, we should talk about your merch for <laughs> sure. My merch. <laughs> yeah. Audible farm merch. Do you, do you have any more? Uh, I don't have any hoodies at the moment. I have some t-shirts. Do you have hats? I do not have hats. I need to get some hats. That's been if like you my... get, if you get some ball caps, I'll buy one. All right, ball caps are next, everybody. I, uh, <laughs> I, I think I, I think I know where to go, so I'll uh, I'll hit them up and there see if they go. can make me some. But yeah, I've been wanting to. I've been just pimping out hats lately. I mean, you can kind of kind of see them in the background. I mean, maybe not from your angle, but I've, I mean, there's just a rack over here. Oh yeah, That's awesome. I'll have to give you the tour when we're done with this. Uh, speaking yeah, because you might enjoy kind of what I got going on here. It's a little messy, <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. I guess like merch, Audible Farm. Uh, I'll talk about it in the outro. Uh, anything, anything else other than that? You wanna, you wanna talk about? Oh God, I, I don't know. Uh, my brain's kind of fried, so I'm actually not sure. All Off, right. Offhand, I I have a note that says recording. Talked about sound checked home recording the the live stream check just plug it again this well it's oh, la- it was last this sunday is gonna, okay so for those listening last sunday we just had a a a live stream uh talking about home recording and answering some q a stuff um we'll probably have another one coming up i don't know if it'll be in six months or in 12 months but i mean you know if you got some basic questions stalk me on facebook ask and uh, I'll try to get back to you. Um, uh, also talked about music scene, booking, and you brought us some other stuff too. So, yeah, I, 
we covered everything I have in my notepad. <laughs> all right, all right. I think we're good because I mean, this I actually came really prepared for this one, so I, I mean, we're we're good to go. So uh, good, good, awesome. Don't go away, uh, but thank you very much for joining me. I appreciate it. Thank you. I told you in the intro this was going to be a good one, and indeed it was. Uh, there's never a shortage of things to talk with Misha about. I mean, Misha's definitely uh, a figure in the Des Moines music scene, just based on the fact that if you've played live just about anywhere in Des Moines, there's a good chance Misha could have mixed your sound. I mean, Misha did the sound for uh, two places that I played quite frequently. Um, and not only that, but Misha does the bookings for some of those places. Misha's run sound elsewhere. Misha's been in bands. Misha records other bands playing live. If you thought, like I said in the intro, if you thought I'm doing a lot of work in the music scene, uh, no, not even close. Misha's got me lapped by a mile. So uh, hats off for doing all of the hard work you do in the local music scene. Uh, Des Moines and beyond. I mean, we were talking about it in this episode that Misha's recorded vocals that have been sent out to places like Nashville and been mixed in with Nashville recordings and things like that. So pretty cool stuff happening right in our own backyard, right in Des Moines. So if you guys are looking to record something, hey, maybe hit up Misha. If you guys are looking for, uh, you know, somewhere to get booked and play a show, hey, maybe hit up Misha. You guys already booked on a show and, and you're wondering what the sound's going to be like? Yeah, it might be Misha and it might be great. So I hope you guys... Uh, end up running into Misha somewhere. If not, just, you know, contact Misha any, anytime you guys want to. So that is going to do it. There are links down below for Misha, and there are also Audible Farm links down below. The Audible Farm links down below will take you to Audible Farm website, which has links to everything Audible Farm. There's also a link down below to the Audible Farm Patreon, as well as the Audible Farm shop. On the Patreon, you can watch video versions of the podcast. It costs just one dollar a month that is it one dollar a month you get video versions of the podcast for free well wait if you if it costs a dollar it's not free i think i did that in a couple episodes back i had somebody message me they were like hey you said the patreon's free but it costs a dollar and it's like yeah it, it does so hey patreon one dollar a month twelve dollars a year that's like 50 plus episodes video versions uh check it out if it's if it interests you otherwise the audio versions those are the free versions boom i got it I got it this time. All right. So uh, otherwise, you guys can check out the Audible Farm shop. There's Audible Farm merch there available for sale. I have had a lot of people hitting me up about hoodies. I think I need to make another hoodie order. I think I need to make another. I know it's the summertime's coming up, but it's it's been relentless. Even in, even when it's warm out, people still hit me up for hoodies. So I think I should probably at least get some new merch of some sort in. Uh, the Audible Farm shirts that I have available, the classic ones, there's a whole pile of those available. Otherwise, there is a very, very slim selection of these specialty shirts that I had made earlier on this year. And uh, like I said, there's there's very, very, very few sizes left for those. So if you guys are looking for one of those specialty shirts, and we have the size available, uh, don't wait. It'll probably be gone before too long. There's not, like I said, there's not too many left. I think I have like four or five, six of those shirts left total combined so i don't know check that out if you guys are looking for an audible farm shirt otherwise the podcast is always free and the best way to support is to share like subscribe uh word of mouth works great too uh, it never fails word of mouth even in today's digital era still works very well so check that out audiblefarm.com for all the audible farm links follow us 
on all the social medias. Check us out on YouTube. Subscribe to us on YouTube. There's all sorts of goodies on the YouTube channel. Uh, videos from bands that are playing live places. There are uh, Patreon clips on there as well, as well as mods I've done to the guitars and, and guitars I've refinished and all sorts of good stuff. So the, or the YouTube channel is just packed full of goodies. So check that out if you're a YouTube person. And uh, if not, then you can just continue to listen wherever you're listening to and it'll be free there. All right, guys, I'm out of here for the week. Peace.